Welcome back and welcome in to episode number eight of Reteaching the Game. We are here on today's episode to talk about influence and the power of feeling wanted. As always, I am your host, Ethan Noroff. And these two topics are not just important in basketball. These are important life topics, right? For those of you who really want to get into the hybrid approach of this show that offers basketball and life, this is the episode for you. This is what you've been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for. I'm excited to get into what we're going to talk about today, right? The power of feeling wanted. We're going to use Kelly Oubre's comments as an example, and we'll get into that in just a, just a minute here. And we're also going to talk about Wes Matthews in that same context. And then for influence, right? We're going to get into the phrase influence over achievement. What does that mean? Wow, so powerful. Okay, those three words, influence over achievement. If you change your mindset and prioritize that, your whole life will change. It's a guarantee. And finally, we'll hit you with the TED Talk, right? We'll be in that same theme of influence. That'll be how we wrap it up. So at our cores, as human beings, we have this desire to be part of something greater. I think about where you work. Think about the relationships that you have, the things that you do. We all have this desire to feel like we're part of something greater. Right? There are those of us who enjoy our alone time. Believe me, I am one of them. Trust me on that. Okay, that's what growing up an only child will do to you. That among many other things. But we're not here to get into therapy. Right? That's on a different episode. But nobody wants to be alone full time. Right? No one chooses that out of true desire. People wind up there for other circumstances, but nobody chooses loneliness. So our desire to feel like we're part of something greater Right, this is directly reflected in the basketball sphere. When we talk about Kelly Oubre, this is a guy who was a first round pick and not that long ago. This guy was a first round pick in 2015, not even four full years ago at this point. And whenever we would sit here and talk about the Washington Wizards core prior to his trade to Phoenix this year, rarely, if ever, did Ubre's name come up? Despite the fact that he was a first-round pick. Now, he wasn't a lottery pick. He was 15th overall, but he was right there. This is a kid who was born in 1995. He's not even 24 years old yet. So we'd sit here and we talk about John Wall. We sit here and we talk about Bradley Beal. We sit here and we talk about Otto Porter, but we don't talk about Kelly Ubre. As a first-round pick... A premium first-round pick at that. Don't you think he wanted to be a part of that conversation? Don't you think that might be part of the reason he never maybe felt quite at home? Or might have questioned his future with the team, with the organization? That stuff is human nature. Right? We want to feel wanted. We all want to feel wanted, needed. That's important. So when we sat here with Ubre and what he had to say, it made a lot of sense. Right? Of course, he was being interviewed on the radio in Arizona. So of course he's gonna say that he wants to stay in Phoenix. That's not a surprise. 
right? But the real quote to take away from what he said was this, quote, why would I go anywhere else? I'm getting established here. I'm not a guy that wants to be on a million teams in the league. I want to create a dynasty with the guys here. And that makes sense. What Ubre is saying is he wants to commit and he wants somewhere to commit to him. Right? It has to work both ways. And for a guy who might not have felt as connected to his prior team and is facing an uncertain future, even if he does wind up remaining in Phoenix, this is a very understandable take. And it's emblematic of so much more. Because there are a number of players in this league who fall into this category. And many of them are second round picks with fewer guarantees, fewer shots at longevity in the league. They want somewhere to call their own. There's always going to be a place for superstars in this game. Right? For the true top of the top, there will be competition for their services, and so long as they want to play, they'll be able to play. But for these fringe guys, and I mean fringe as a wide-ranging term in this context, right? From those guys drafted in the mid-first round to late-first round, and pretty much everyone in the second round, you want somewhere to feel like you belong to. When you feel connected to what you do, you perform better. You feel more appreciated, more motivated. It's how we're wired. It's our human psychology. It's not a surprise Ubre is playing his best basketball, the best basketball of his career since he's been in Phoenix, at least statistically. And what it goes to show you is that for as much as this game has become numbers driven and balancing the analytics with the scouting, right? There's room for both. There's still a human element to this. These are still people. They're not pieces. They're not assets. They are people. And that's not something you can run through a formula and try and crunch the numbers on. But when you think about it through this lens, it makes a lot more sense. Right? It's the same reason why Wes Matthews signed with the Pacers. A lot of people thought he would just join on with the Warriors. It's the same reason Robin Lopez has stayed with the Bulls. Before the Warriors signed Andrew Bogut, they were sniffing around Robin Lopez, figuring he would be a buyout candidate. The Bulls are going young. Right? In both the case of Matthews, who wound up signing with the Pacers, and Robin Lopez, who wound up staying with the Bulls, they feel appreciated in those spots. They feel wanted. They feel desired. Those aren't superstars. Wes Matthews was paid like a superstar back in the day. Right? But these aren't superstars. These are role players. And that's not a knock on them. But that's the reality. And so when you feel wanted, of course you're going to take a better step forward. When you feel appreciated, desired, of course you're going to want to go that much farther. That's true in relationships. That's true at work. That's true in, in any kind of any kind of relationship, romantic, friendship, or otherwise, brother, sister, right? Parents, it doesn't matter. In basketball and in life, 
we recognize the results over the process. And that is why it's so complex for a lot of us to value the process, right? People want to emulate results. They don't want to emulate the process, right? Adapted that from Jay-Z. And he's right when he says that. People only see what they see and they don't see what goes into it. Right? This world that we're living in with social media and the consumption of information on a 24-7 spectrum, it's scientifically shown that it's actually driven down empathy. And that's a missing piece in the analytics department a lot of the time. Right? And this isn't even about sports. This isn't about basketball. When I say the analytics department, sure, it's a missing piece in a basketball team's front office. No doubt. But it's a missing piece in a lot of businesses, a lot of workplaces. Right? You have to be able to think from the human perspective. You have to be able to seek first to understand and then be understood. You have to put yourself in that player's shoes. And I get it. It's a business when it comes to basketball. There are business decisions to be made. And emotions and business... Well, sometimes they don't work so well together. But there's a place for it if done correctly. Okay, we have to value the process. The Sixers were the best case result of that with their valuing of the process with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, right? But the complexity of seeing the forest for more than the trees as they were building, that was a real thing. And so I just think it's a fascinating phenomenon when we sit here and try and project where role player X could wind up or where a former first round pick might land. It doesn't surprise me when guys sign with teams where you go, oh man, really? It's not always about the best fit from a basketball standpoint. Something to think about there. Okay, a couple weeks ago, I was talking to my class, just as a reminder, I'm an educator, I'm an influencer, specifically work with middle school. This is what we do. And every day I give them a quote of the day. I put it on my personal Instagram so they see it in case they're not there, right? People have come to expect it from me and I've come to expect it of myself because it sets the tone for that day. And at first when that process began, For me, what it was about was about finding quotes that resonated, but were said by others. Recently, what it's become is things that I have to say, things that are important to me, right? Authored by Ethan Noroff. Things that just come to me that day, in that moment, at that time. And one of the things that I wrote about recently was about how influence lasts longer than achievement. Achievement is finite. Influence can be permanent. And I'm not sure if you've had a chance to see what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar recently did, but in case you have not, he put a bunch of his memorabilia up, over 200 pieces for auction. And not because he was in financial debt or issues, but because he wanted to benefit kids. Okay, nearly $3 million Kareem raised. Nearly $3 million by selling off his personal memorabilia. 
What an incredible gesture by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. All of the proceeds going to charity. And specifically, the focus is about bringing STEM equipment, science, technology, engineering, and math to children in underserved communities. And what Kareem said, and I quote, it's nice having a great sports legacy, but I can leave a legacy of giving back to my community through this program. The program is working, end quote. And then he continued, quote, when it comes to choosing between storing a championship ring or trophy in a room or providing kids with an opportunity to change their lives, the choice is pretty simple. Sell it all. Looking back on what I have done with my life, instead of gazing at the sparkle of jewels or gold plating celebrating something I did a long time ago, I'd rather look into the delighted face of a child holding their first caterpillar and think about what I might be doing for their future. Amen, brother. And if you can't resonate with that, take a long look in the mirror. Of course, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast, at least not yet. But that's real influence right there. That stuff lasts way longer than achievement. Everybody dies, but legacies don't have to. Legacies can live forever. There's a permanence of that influence. Giving kids access, access and opportunity walk hand in hand. Lowering those gates for those kids who would have a much harder time scaling that wall. That is so important. That is such a big part for me personally of why I do what I do. Nobody is anybody without opportunity. That is such an important thing to remember. If you're in a position of power, if you're in a position where you can grant someone an opportunity, take the time to do it. You won't believe what you get out of it. I remember the first time a kid emailed me when I had started working in the sports industry and he was looking for advice. And I shot him back an email later that day and I wrote him a couple paragraphs and said, thank you for reaching out. He was so thankful. He had emailed multiple people. I was the only one to even get a response back to him. Right? We have time for the things that we make time for, for what's important to us. Make time for other people. Your life will be more purposeful. It will extract more meaning. Trust me. Try it. Good job by Kareem, as usual. Finally, before we wrap up here, this particular TED Talk, again, is not a TED Talk, but it's a motivational speech video. It's a bit of a mashup. It's called Self-Discipline by a channel called Motiversity. And it features Will Smith. And I personally think that Will Smith is a really, really articulate speaker in this particular sphere. There's a couple of things he says at different points in this video that I could not agree with more. One of those things We tend to base our self-esteem on what other people think. Does that not sound like Instagram to you? I have this conversation constantly as a teacher. 
The question I ask is, who is your Instagram for? Everyone else or for you? I had a thought exercise recently with just a handful of students. And I said, hey, you all get Instagram notifications, right? Oh, of course they do. As soon as somebody likes their picture, comments, you know the deal. And I said, if you posted a picture and after an hour you got no notifications, would you be likely to delete that picture and try later on? And all of them said yes. This is a small group, keep in mind. But they all said yes. And then what I told them was, well, what you didn't know when I asked you that was that Instagram had a server issue and it turns out that 80 plus people liked your picture, you just didn't get notified about it. It retroactively showed you once everything was fixed. And for any tech people listening to this podcast, if that wasn't exactly the correct analogy with the servers, I apologize. The point stands. And they all kind of looked at me and they said, huh. I don't know that they all got it, but they all heard it. Anyway, I think this is an important life lesson. Your sense of self has to come from within. Otherwise, you always be chasing something that might not even exist. Don't chase the unicorn. Okay? The other thing Will Smith says, other people's opinions is a really shitty way to determine how we feel about ourselves. Oh, amen. Again. Because for Will Smith or anyone else, you have to know what's important to you. You have to know who you are. And if someone has an opinion of you, they're entitled to it. Good, bad, indifferent, or something else. But that's their problem. That's their issue. That's not yours. You can't control that. So basing your own self-worth on other people, you can't. You can't. The full video is about 10 minutes long. Just under. I really recommend it. Put your phone down, as he says in the video, put your phone down and really be aware of what this video has to say to you. Okay? Influence is always going to be more permanent than individual achievement. My challenge to all of you listening, take a moment today, this week, influence somebody who looks up to you. And that can come in any form that makes the most sense for you but provide that influence. And hopefully your week is better as a result. I know mine always is. Appreciate you all being with me. As a reminder, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, at Ethan underscore Noroff. I'll see you guys for episode number nine. We out.